The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, and welcome back to our daily show. We are so glad to have you here today with us. I would love, as you're jumping in, if you could do a couple things for us. Number one is change your chat settings to everyone so that we can all see your input as you're joining into the room. Change your chat settings to everyone. And then jump in and let us know where you're tuning in from where you're tuning in from. We want to see uh, where you're calling in. And we are, oh, hey, fellow North Carolina. Good to see you. Colorado, love it. Um, We are so glad you're here. And today we're going to jump in and speak about how to lead your sales team through today's economy. I will will dive into that a little bit further, but I want to introduce you to our two phenomenal guests today. Elizabeth Andrew has an impressive journey and story. Elizabeth made the jump from investment industry to stay-at-home mom to tech sales and has been a three times VP of sales. I Something that really stood out to me um, as we were prepping is Elizabeth helps her leaders, her sales leaders on her team, develop their skills through uh, this honest and transparent communication. And there's a lot of um, communication as the basis of that moving forward and propelling the sales forward. She's also a TEDx speaker. Um, and then Sujan Patel as well, joining us, the co-founder of Mailshake, boasts an impressive digital marketing background, has worked with hundreds of companies to boost online traffic. And something that stood out in our conversation was you were talking about your secret weapon to growing revenue being strengthening the sales and marketing relationship that we all know can be a little contentious at points, right? Yes. So we are so glad to have you both here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Excited. Awesome. Before we jump in, if you are looking to upskill yourself or your sales team this year, we're here to help it sell better. We do a daily show live every day. We have membership that gives you instant access to training and resources, and then also our corporate training that's specific to your team. If you want more information, you can scan the QR code on your screen or visit us at sellbetter.xyz. Last piece of housekeeping before we jump in, we have a huge shout out to our partners for today. Vidyard, the online video platform, and Compass. Compass, um, if you're delaying sales improvements with that, uh, the mindset of if it's not broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Um, It can be a really costly mistake. And so Compass is helping people automate commissions and upgrade their processes to avoid those consequences of delaying it until it breaks. They have a link here for an ebook. There you go. Thank you very much. That um, will give you some more information there as well. But let's dive in. We're focusing on this today because things are hard right now, right? Things are, uh, it's not all smiles and rainbows and butterflies and everyone winning left and right. There are definitely some hardships that we're facing as sales teams. So, quick overview of where we're headed here in the next 40 or so minutes. We're going to talk about the top challenges that we're facing right now, 
how to keep your team motivated and focused when everyone else is distracted and some strategies that you can leverage um, from both Elizabeth and Sujin's personal experience and what they've seen work and maybe not work with teams. I would love if you could really quickly for us answer the poll that just popped up in your screen and let us know um, what role you fall into or if there's another, you can type it in the chat. This will help us make sure that we can make everything relevant to you as we dive into the content. Awesome. So here we go. I I want to, when we met to prep for this call, we all were sharing in this idea of how down markets can really be a way to shine a light on your sales team and get back from a leadership perspective into coaching to the gaps and um, really understanding where some of those challenges might be. So as we dive in, talk to me about your experience with down markets really briefly to to set some context. Elizabeth, will you start us off? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a little bit long in the tooth. Um, I've been through a number of down markets. I actually, uh, I started out, as Leslie mentioned, in the investment Three, I was an institutional mutual fund wholesaler, and that's really where I learned um, the fundamentals of sales and going to market. And I talk about that even though it was a long time ago, because um, so much of what I've learned um, has applied to everything I've done in my life um, early on about building building a plan. Um, but I graduated, I got into the investment industry. I initially wanted to be a stockbroker of all things, um, right when the market crashed, um, and I've been through multiple down markets. Um, I actually love them. I actually think that's really when uh, people can shine. And we'll get into that a little more. Sujan, how about you? Yeah, I uh, started my first company in 08. Um, right as uh, I think I officially launched like two days after Lehman Brothers crashed. Um, so um, built, built a multi-million dollar business during that time. And, uh, you know, really Learning the hard way there and then going through this a couple of times again. Um, it, it's, it's definitely challenging. And, uh, honestly, like, like Elizabeth said, it's, it's my most like fond memories because winning that deal or, or, you know, finding that lead, getting them on the phone, all those things were just like that much more difficult and rewarding at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting how challenge and adversity, sometimes when you're going through it, it's the hardest feeling. But coming out of it, you're looking back, you're learning the biggest lessons, you're you're finding the biggest wins. Um, I want to start off by asking if, maybe I should ask the other question. I was going to say, is anyone, uh, is everyone impacted or their prospects um, are freezing budget right now? Is there anyone who's not impacted by that? <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest things that came up when we were um, polling our audience before this is budget freezes, budget constraints, our prospects. Uh, Sujin, kick us off. Talk to us a little bit about um, what you're seeing there or the the trend and kind of why that's a challenge that sales teams are facing right now in your perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, at, at, as this economy kind of continues to you we see layoffs and as this as the stock market continues to like 
rely on the Fed and spray and be reactive to this, it's all kind of downwind to a whole lot of layoffs and, and such. So whether you're affected today by freezes, you probably will be sometime in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't think everyone's affected yet, but um, I found that that to be one of the, like most sales reps just, oh, I your budget's frozen. Okay, they stop. But actually there's there, there are ways around that, right? Um, so, uh, one of the things I found is like, okay, if you're, de- if you're an enterprise sales rep, uh, well, what can you charge in the credit card? How can you talk about efficiency or, uh, how they can cut costs by switching over to you guys and, and, and what have you. So I, I think budget freezes or budget related questions are actually perfect for companies who are the unique the underdog in the space, right? Uh, the lower cost option, or, or maybe you adjust your pitch to that. I like that thought of, of adjusting or, or finding a different avenue in. There's this thought of um, selling it to a need versus a nice to have and, and how that can help you when there is budget impact. It's something that they need to do versus something that it's like, oh yeah, that would be great. And it's not necessary. Yeah. And like one, sorry, and jumped in. And one quick example is like our company, uh, we went from like talking about, you know, how you can scale your team faster, like just the efficiency of using our software. It's like you can consolidate the top costs because we've got a dialer and the LinkedIn stuff and email like in one place. And so like it's half the cost, period. So it's just changing the approach that you're taking in messaging. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's just a the different phrasing and different wording to meet the moment and match where people are. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a little bit differently. I, you know, I think one of the things, one of the reasons I like down markets, as I mentioned, is I think it's a, a time for people to shine. Right, like rising tides lift all boats. And one of the things that was fascinating to me coming from the investment industry, and I started out in sales back when carrying a bag was carrying a bag, and there was no such thing as inbound. You know, it was opening up a phone book. I was calling on investment advisors, Merrill Lynch and Smith Barney and, and Morgan Stanley, right? But, you know, it was opening up a phone book of investment advisors and having to build all of your own pipeline. It was full sales cycle. We didn't have SDRs and BDRs and sales development and all that. And, and so it was quite surprising to me when um, I got into the investment industry that, you know, in some circumstances in some companies, and it's a great problem to have, but all you have to do to be a top producer is to be up next to the rotation. Mm-hmm. When the market starts to fall apart and the shit hits the fan, you have to be a little bit more um, resourceful. And, you know, it's it's not so easy necessarily just to have a, you know, a, a ball tossed to you and and be able to close it, right? So, um, you know, I come from building your own pipeline. Um, even at a, at a company called Pluma, we had no marketing team and no SDR team. We were 100% outbound enterprise. Um, and we went from 4 million to 11 million in less than a year. Uh, and, you know, so you have to really um, do your research. And I've sold into all segments. Um, I come from enterprise. And, you know, as, as Sue John was saying, when you're an enterprise, you really have to do your research. You have to prepare. You have to really um, do your homework before going to market. And so I think when there's budget freezes, sometimes the best deal that you do is the one you walk away from. You're going to really do the research and find out, you know, what what 
customer base do you have? What ICP do you have that might not be suffering from budget challenges at this particular time? And there are some, I noticed somebody put in the chat that it's not in traction, you know? So um, I think it really comes down to doing your, your homework and, and preparation. Yeah. Bring after the right um, buyers. Differentiating yourself and, and making sure that there is that fit or even getting into a new ICP you mentioned, right? Like trying to find somewhere where there's a fit that you haven't called into before. I think a lot of this comes back to something else we had on our list here, which was the challenges that are posed by being a largely remote or hybrid workforce now for a sales team. Uh, I'm sorry, William, ICP, ideal client profile or ideal customer profile. Um, so who is buying from you? If we are thinking about our sales teams being remote or or being hybrid, there's some unique challenges that that positions. I'm, I'm interested to hear, um, type in the chat, are you remote hybrid? Are you going into the office full time now or, you're, or is your team? Um, let us know in the chat here. But I, I want to talk about some of the challenges that that's posing before we jump into ways that we're keeping our teams motivated here. Elizabeth, you want to start us off this time? Yeah, uh, you know, it's a whole different world. And, you know, I, I was a field salesperson. So, you know, I am experienced in, in that. And I had mentioned that um, when I went to, to build, I, I built a region from the ground up in the Northeast for Wells Fargo Asset Management, took it from zero to 70 million in sales. Um, and I had learned from somebody that was the number two, you know, institutional wholesaler in the world at the time, he was probably making 10 million in commissions. Uh, but I learned that, that in that day and age, we called it a business plan, but it's a playbook, right? So really setting up those repeatable processes and mapping out your whole um, go-to-market strategy. Um, you know, it's it's something that is really, really hard for new people or new people in sales um, and younger people, less experienced people. So like I had that foundation, but I have a son. I was sharing um, Leslie and Sujan with both of you. I have a... a son, a 26-year-old son who's a SDR at Prequin. And, you know, this is his first job out of, out of school and um, he's never had that experience before. And I think it's really challenging, particularly for leaders to manage teams who don't have that experience uh, or have not been trained to, um, to manage their day to day. Yeah, Amanda chimed in in the chat here as well, like that organic learning that happens from hearing people on the phone or just being in the same room, passing by and and having a on the fly conversation. We have to create more of that environment for them, right? Yeah, I found I find like for virtual remote being uh, an easy way for fundamentals to get lost, right? So like as a sales leader, you might be teaching like, here's this new way to do this or here's this here's how we close this deal and that deal. But you forget like, oh, simply like following up on your prospects or increasing the follow-up could be way more effective than a, a new angle. So like, I, I think like uh, for right now, I think doubling down on getting, a, getting those fundamentals right, or at least auditing every single individual contributor to make sure they at least have the fundamentals down. Um, you will believe uh, when I talk to sales team, how many folks don't follow up enough, right? Like it's just that, or they're not multi-threading, meaning 
Um, they're not using all the channels for communication available, phone, text, email, social, right? Um, those things are, I think, the lowest hanging fruit um, to make sure you've got nailed down now. A lot of I'm hearing a lot of sales leaders and even CROs, um, you know, talking now about productivity per rep, you know, and and companies are starting to look into that a little bit more. And you know, I think exactly what you're saying, St. John, is that you know, um, being remote for a lot of people is hard. If you're early in your career and you have an opportunity to go into an office even a couple of days a week, I would take advantage of that. Particularly in sales, I mean, just the energy of a sales organization. It's hard to replace remotely i uh i think this leads into a great like the back to basics and and the having people in a learning mode and trying to get into this place where i mean even tenured reps we're seeing some themes in uh rep productivity right like elizabeth mentioned i'm also seeing people who were full-time closers now we're full cycle again we have a higher percentage of outbound uh, or personally driven quota that belongs to them. So we had started brainstorming here and in our prep conversation and sharing stories and experiences, talking about keeping our teams focused. And the for the leaders who are in the room, I think this is something that we feel a pull um, from our teams right now and you are setting the tone for the room. And so um, talking about diving in and sitting down side by side with your reps, Sujin, talk to me about what you've seen work, what your favorite things to do are um, when we're talking about that sitting alongside, working alongside your reps. Yeah, I think this is, this is the, I think this is the single most important thing you can do as a leader is one just to dig in alongside your reps like do if you're asking someone to do something do it yourself whether it's jumping on a few cold calls uh if it's you know sending the prospect uh some messages to your network um or you know doing more role playing um whatever you can do to get actually in the weeds of your reps will help them stay motivated because this is the whole the you know, sales as a whole is facing uh some headwinds and so uh, motivation and emotions are at a lower end right now. Um, so what I what I've done just some tactical stuff is reviewing our refs' emails. Like I'll actually rewrite the emails. I, I just did one last night. I was like, hey, uh, send me your emails. I'm going to rewrite. I'll, I'll give you feedback on everything. Right. I'm encouraging managers and 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 sales leaders to to do the same. Um, so they're they're jumping in, uh, reviewing uh, you know demos doing more role plays based off of what's happening and encouraging peer-to-peer um, review as well. Nice. Yeah, I think it's so, it's crucial. It's critical to also just show that you, you're still willing to do that as well and almost um, you fell alongside them. Okay, let's figure this out together. Elizabeth, how about from your perspective there? Yeah. Could not agree more. I mean, I think that is, as leaders, that is the single most important, if you get one takeaway from today, thing that you can do. And if you think about it, like I think about any role, really, like when I'm successful in a role, like the difference, I've I've come to the conclusion when I'm looking for a new job or a new company, the single most important thing to me is who I report directly to. Mm. Either support you or they don't. 
you know, and, and I think that as leaders, that's something that, um, if you want to drive sales and drive motivation and, and, and get your team feeling well, you invest in them, you support them, you provide them, you know, with the encouragement and the training, you know, and the hands-on. And I think that's really, it's critical to, I mean, that's something, Sujan, as you were saying, like doing, um, you know, sitting beside them and, and putting in the work. I mean, I think at any level, you know, I think it's really empowering. I mean, I've been in early stage startups and hyper growth companies, right? So um, it's, you know, and I oftentimes report to the CEO, but it's it's pretty cool. I was at HelloSign for four and a half years. It was acquired by Dropbox. And I remember, you know, the CEO would come through and, you know, having conversations. And, you know, if, if you can see, you know, work with, people on all levels of the organization to, you know, help with your emails. Mm -hmm. I would go to um, our CTO, 50% of our um, customers at HelloSign were engineers who were at API. Um, and, you know, I had no experience selling into engineers when I started. And, you know, I'd go to our engineers, say, hey, send me an email if it catches your attention. Or I'd ask our CTO, like, what, what would resonate with you? Yeah, I think you could you could take that person too and run a quick lunch and learner workshop with your team and say, hey, here's our messaging. What do you think of it? <laughs> and have a conversation with your team to be able to ask them questions about what they care about right now, what subject lines would catch their attention. You're building the relationship internally, but you're also hearing from someone who's in a similar position as the people you're prospecting out to. That's awesome. Um, and then seeing what does catch their attention, being able to have them, like Elizabeth, you said, like forward those messages along. How can we turn that and make that into something that we can use in terms of outbound? Um, I I really like the sentiment of uh, that the leader could make or break their experience right now, especially with fear or tension. A lot of times the reps on your team, this is like, that may be potentially their first role in sales. And with seeing everything going on around them right now, it could be a little troubling. Um, I know, Sujin, you were talking about this, um, celebrating small wins or, or being able to um, encourage your team to do something creative. Talk yeah. a little bit about what some of those ideas might be. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um you know, it really comes down to like emotions are really high. So if you're a sales leader and you've got high IQ, this is your time to like shine, right? Um, and what I mean by small wins, like you close a deal, let's 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 celebrate or let's talk about like encourage folks to keep doing that, right? Uh, why as a leader, like once somebody closes a deal, it's your job just to praise them publicly. And I found public praising to be the best. And then not just say, oh, this person closed an XYZ deal for Y amount. Talk about like actually jump into the week and like they they did this by using this angle and make it more of a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. uh, what I guarantee what this will happen. So as a leader going top down and say, hey, sales team, I need you to learn stuff. That's only so impactful. You really need to get your team to be working together. Um, and wanting to learn, right? And if they see one rabbit learn or two, they're going to start to follow along. And so um, these small wins or even like uh, 
joining like sales communities. Again, I like to think about how can I get my team around the best closers or the best reps. And that's not always at my company or, or, you know, um, it might be at, if that other sales companies are on the other tech companies. And so like just encouraging them to join like sales communities and make it that simple that, Hey, everyone join this. And I would like to, I would, I typically add is like some accountability. So I find like reading an article or watching a video without easy to do, but you always, the human nature, you default back to, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to go back to what I know. Right. Yeah. Um, doing that. Why don't you go say, here's what I read. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. I think it is. It's easy to, to jump in and be a passive, um, like a lurker in those communities, if you will. So being able to do it as a team is a great way to like take some of that off edge off of it and then reporting back and sharing and applying it to what you do. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. I have one like small tangible example of what we did at MailTake. So, yeah. um, and I'll be quick here. So MailTake is a dialer and uh, we, we, we use Avoma for our call tracking and reporting. Uh, so we literally searched in Avoma dialer for every single ref's demos and listen to that portion of how they describe the dialer. Well, it turns out there's like 10 things they could be adding more like, there's a lot of things that they're, a lot of functionality that they're not actually representing uh, to its fullest. And so, mm. story short, we suck at selling our dialer. It was uncovered by growth last year. It is not covered by that growth anymore. And um, turns out we can include, increase our close rate by just doing that. So we got our, our, our product team and sales leader got together and created a here's the feature here's the benefit and it's like a faq internal doc and uh, we're doing that the the trainings uh now for that so um go go look at your call logs yeah just another way to capture another piece of the market if you have questions that are coming up if you could stick them in the q a here in just a little bit, we're going to take um, the top three upvoted. So you can also go upvote other people's questions in the Q&A section. Um, Elizabeth, we were talking something that I think we hear the, the phrase control your controllables. How are you leveraging this to keep sellers motivated or how have you seen your, your leaders do that well? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to in sales. And that's what, you know, I try to, to, train my team is focusing on what you can control mm -hmm. and you can control the quality of your presentation and the number of people that you talk to. I mean, those are the most fundamental things, right? And, you know, I think that's really like, you know, getting back to like building a playbook or building a market strategy. Like when I was in field sales, you know, I, I would target having four meetings a day, four days a week, one day for follow-up and scheduling. I was always scheduled two, two weeks out, uh, you know, and you just create it very, very, um, you know, day to day, making your tasks really repeatable. And that's, you know, that's what will drive, um, drive sales is, is just making sure that you're hitting those numbers. And I think that comes back to kind of keeping your team motivated, right? And, um, you know, when you talk about those public displays, displays of appreciation, and I think there's a misnomer that everybody in sales really is all about the money. Um, it's it's not necessarily true. I mean, I like I always used to joke with my two boys if I could if I could make folding laundry a competitive sport, I'd be cool. They'd be able to, they'd be folding my laundry all the time, right? And so 
you know, people like those those kudos. And if, you know, if if we're in a different market and maybe people aren't hitting targets and, you know, focus on other things, focus on the activities, focus focus on those controllables. You know, you can you can celebrate wins in in ways that may or may not necessarily be the gong reading ringing down yeah. is coming across or a spiff or yeah i've got one like tactical thing every rep you could give it to every rep to do now and what would a webinar in, in 2013 be without mentioning ai or chat right uh, so here's a simple tactic my reps always complain about I don't know how to write a copy that's short, concise, that can hit this thing that's personalized. And you're throwing a lot of things in the mix. There, there's a there's ChatGPT does. And so write me an email. Here's what write me a follow-up email. Do the research, person who likes this, that, the other, um on on what are fan on doing this. And and essentially, don't worry about the like and what what you're selling really is plugging in three interests and i guarantee you're going to get a decent email to start off with it's a good a good starting point and then go back and make some edits yeah it'll help me jump off at least uh and and it'll also reduce that excuse of i don't know how to get started on this follow-up email right i want to bring this screen up one more time and see if anything catches your memory but as we're doing that um I think Elizabeth, when we were talking about not the the money motivated piece, I think that's another great link back to Sujin's emotional intelligence conversation, where we're looking for knowing our team as individuals and what drives them, especially right now when there's this heavy spotlight and people are feeling bigger or different emotions. Being able to know what drives each individual on your team is it the kudos. Like Elizabeth was saying, is it a spiff? Is it um, leading some sort of group exercise for the rest of the team or maybe time off um, to spend with their family a little bit early on a Friday if they hit something like being able to propel them as individuals becomes so important. Anything else on this screen that you wanted to touch on before we scooch into the next section here? Yeah. Oh, my favorite my favorite community for William in the chat is sell better. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love them all. Yeah, I think communities are great. And I think we're all, you know, like I'm remote, but it's like I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I have been to at least four events in the last three weeks in person um, with some C that some CEOs that I know have put on. And it's just great it's networking with other people and you know getting kind of shoulder to shoulder and having those water cooler conversations that are missing and and um you know kind of in in this remote and virtual world and um you know i think that there's a lot that can be done that that way and sell better is a great i mean i have you know i have the the jb membership slack channel and i love going <laughs> there and there's that you know there's free a lot of free communities and there's some paid so then, um, you know, some of them are more networking, some of them are training, some of them are for, for role specific, um, you know, leadership or IC type communities. Some of them are, are um, you know, are, are across all roles. And I actually love the cross all roles. I mean, I think, you know, I've learned some of my colleagues are the same age as my kids. And 
I've learned as much from them as I hope I've taught them. And, um, you know, I love being in, in these conversations and understanding what's happening on the ground floor in sales. Any last thoughts, Sujin, before we jump forward? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, never, the book Never Eat Alone. This is a perfect time to start pinging your LinkedIn network that are sales reps in your industry and no agenda. Just go have lunch, dinner, coffee, drinks, whatever. Better yet, get a group of people together. Um, I guarantee you'll find one way or two ways to improve your close rate or an idea that they're doing that you could probably leverage for your audience. I'm seeing that like local networking is definitely coming back a lot more and finding local companies. Um, I It's huge. And I love, I dropped a link to the Never Eat Alone book if you're interested. Um, Craig, who's frenemies? We're not, we're not frenemies with anyone. <laughs> all friends, all the time. Room for everyone to eat. I... I want us to transition here into some strategies. And some of these are ideas that we already covered, but thinking a little more broadly about approaching the team and and what you can incorporate as a leader into your style on how you approach your team and how you organize your day or how you organize things moving forward. Any strategic pieces um, that stick out to you? Sujin, you want to kick us off on this one? Sure. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing in my mind is culture and, and, and really about maintaining, um, happiness, right? Uh, again, tough times. Um, usually in my one-on-ones, I'm like straight to business with, with my leaders and I'm finding, I'm talking about non-sales leaders here. I'm finding they've got like, I'm dealing with this and that's causing X, Y, Z. And so I think, uh, just having more I guess empathy is a big thing, but more more so tailor your one-on-ones or what you do it, to build morale with your team uh, accordingly, right? Uh, don't don't forget to listen to the emotion that you might not have had time to because you were busy. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Elizabeth, I know you were talking a lot about where we're investing our time as leaders and where we're investing. Um, what do you think is like a top couple of things from a leadership perspective to protect that culture, to protect our team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world has changed and we all know it. And it's like everybody I know, I mean, I'm, I'm everybody I talk to, friends, colleagues, employees, everybody I talk to is tired we're exhausted you know it's just it's a hard line and you know we're coming out of something we never thought we'd be faced with and we're we're dealing with challenges that we don't have and you know you're here we're hearing all these things about how um you know i've been talking to actually a number of vcs that i know and there's a lot of conversation about the future of work and what that's going to look like and you know so i think both as leaders and individuals one of the key things one is the empathy piece got to lead with empathy you've got to invest in your team but the other thing is getting creative and that's that top topic up there right and so as leaders and like i was talking to actually it was a vc who was had been at airbnb for many years and talking about kind of a lot of companies aren't going back to necessarily big cities but they're going to be doing quarterly off sites in kind of remote places in you know um for their team 
that is actually going to probably save the company less money than having to buy, I don't know, you know, office space. But, you know, get creative with your team. And, you know, even as ICs, I think it's really important to get creative. And I'll give you an example. When I was looking to rebuild a career, I was a 17-year stay-at-home mom, totally unemployable. I moved from New York back home to the San Francisco Bay Area with my family and, um, you know, decided it was time to get back to work. My kids are getting a little older and I had gone from not only the East Coast to the West Coast, but from finance to um, technology. And, you know, so I was starting from the ground up. And, you know, I, I focused on being a student of my pr profession and I couldn't get at anybody to return my phone calls. So I started trying to get creative. I actually found my first job on Craigslist, the malls. And I, I saw something that TechCrunch was having a meetup in the Presidio in San Francisco. I didn't know a soul. I went to this meetup. I met some, um, some, uh, you know, I, I met a CEO in line for a food truck. Um, and, you know, I didn't end up going work, going to work for him, but we kept in touch. And many years later, he bought one of my products from me uh, at HelloSign. You know, so if you're just getting creative on um, how you, whether it's team offsites, team training, team gatherings, um, development, whatever it is, even going to market um, on how you're uh, selling your product, you know, get creative and think outside the box. Mm -hmm. And I think, so like Craigslist is an interesting, like it's not something we would typically go to, right? I think a lot of times we think about historically where we found these things, but I'm finding, um, you know, searching on Instagram, I, that's not usually something I would search for, but looking through Instagram and following different hashtags, you're able to find different groups, communities, meetups that I, you know, it's like not necessarily the channel you would typically go to for that. Mm -hmm. um, but thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Okay, I want to answer a couple of these questions here in the chat. If you have a question, um, go ahead and type it in the chat. If you want to upvote the ones that are there, please do. I'm going to start with Ernie's question here. Um, what about forging field relationships with complementary tech or solutions? So one, one solution delivers a better user experience and a cost savings for hybrid cloud environments. The other one from another company provides workload security, um, like building other business relationships. Thoughts, feelings, how to help your sales team go about doing that as well? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'm, again, I'm in early stage. I've done, I did a lot of kind of channel sales and partnership sales. So it sounds like that's kind of where this, this question's leading. Uh, I, I think that's a good way to think outside the box in this Right. And um, I was just having a conversation with Scott Lease, who's kind of sales leader on, you know, on um, referral, referral business and brilliant business. And, you know, there's a lot, that, a lot that can be done there. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. I think the, like here, the example. So, Mailshake, we sell to salespeople. So, I don't know if I'm going to make it about Mailshake. I just want to give you a very specific example. Who else sells to salespeople? CRMs, data providers. My job is to be best friends with their whole sales team. Yeah. Now you could do it at an unofficial level. Hence, I was talking about happy hours, right? Hey, you know, we have one CRM that always refers us business. And if we have no official partnership, we just 
their sales team just knows that we work well together or suck something, you know, some random as well as this, but um, how do we make that osmosis happen, right? Whether it's, uh, if you go through the official channel, which is like find the partnership or channel manager, well, the official, unofficial channel is often connect with the sales reps, right? Either way, I was sales manager. I think that the key, and I even from a rep to rep level, like finding people who have the same territory or patch as you, or being able to help make the connections if you're a leader, make those connections for your teams of some ideas or sit in a room and brainstorm together. Um, you don't always have to go the formal channel, or it could be something where you want it to be mutually beneficial. So it's how do you how do you bring something to the table for them as well as what they bring to you, whether that's monetary and spiffing someone when you win a deal, even if it's not a formal marketing sheet that you work together, but how you can help each other grow. Um, there's that there's that whole thought about we buy from people who are aren't necessarily attached. Like I'm I'm gonna take a recommendation from someone else who doesn't work there more so, you know? So it's uh you're able to speak in a different light. Um Trevor's question here is asking about uh for reps who are interested in sales training, do you recommend plugging them into a sales community? Um, is it worth the expense? How do you feel about that? Is this something that should be a priority to invest in? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, and certainly Jonathan Barrows, it's amazing. And, you know, you can, there's so much to be learned from even just going back to the videos and, you know, everything that he, and, you know, the Slack channel. And, um, well, I see James put in a, the heart there. Now, but James too, I mean, you know, everything that, that they're putting out there, you know, but there are, there are a lot of communities, a lot of them are free. Yeah. You know, there, there are free communities out there that, uh, you can join and and develop relationships with other peers, you know. And I think sometimes, um, you know, it's one of the strategies that I I learned. That I remember um, being when I was in IC um, and I was selling, you know, technology. And I was talking to one of the other this kind of a younger woman who I was mentoring. Uh, and I'm like, if you have a, a challenge or you want to put yourself forward in the organization, let me know. I'll put put the word out there for you, right? So it's like sometimes it's just talking to other people and um, that are in your role can be very, very powerful. Um, there are some communities that are quite expensive and I've joined some of them when I've not had a company to pay for it because it's worthwhile. I always think it's it's worthwhile to invest in yourself. Yeah. I was going to say I'm a little biased right now, but as we're wrapping up on time here, I would love if you could share um where people can get in touch with you but also if you had one piece of advice that you could give a sales leader today what would you leave them with who wants to start you want me to start? I would, the one piece of advice i would say is invest in your team mm. yeah beautiful yeah i think uh i think the uh I was gonna say it's something similar, but I'll, I'll go with something else. Uh, is is uh, Elizabeth? You mentioned like Scott Lee's. Go ping the sales leader and ask them for advice. Right, first binge all their content on YouTube, LinkedIn. Right, um, and then go ask him for help on a specific problem. I guarantee you, 
you're going to get an answer from any one of those folks because they're super giving. They're they're creating funds all day. Not mm-hmm. uh, and again, like yeah, echoing. If you're if you're not leveling up your team, you're selling you're selling something old, or your your process is hasn't evolved, or is not going to evolve. Your competitor's process by is going to be evolving. Yeah, I think yeah. Again, another plug. It's, uh, just continuously changing and not trying the same thing over and over again, trying to do something new. Wonderful. If you don't mind um, letting everyone know where they could get in touch with you, we so appreciate both of you sharing your experience and what's worked for you in the past. And thank you to everyone who was able to join us here today. Um, You can find us at sellbetter.xyz. That's also our TikTok and our Instagram or sellbetter by JV Sales over on LinkedIn. It was so wonderful. Any last thoughts as we're signing off here today? I'd love to have people connect with me, Elizabeth Andrew on LinkedIn and um, Wesley Sujog. Just so great. Um, both the prep call and today, such a, such a fun conversation. So thank you. Yeah, uh, I'll open the invite. If anyone has any specific questions or like, how can I do this for my company? Just ping me on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an answer or connect with somebody who will. Yeah. Likewise, happy to chat on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And everyone have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Thank you.